This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey everyone, I'm very excited. We don't see me fangirl much, but here we go. Whether she's piloting a super yacht around Malta or anchoring beneath the verdant pitons of St. Lucia, my guest today is a long way from her humble roots in South Florida. Captain Sandy Yawn has made a name for herself on Bravo's TV hit series, Below Deck Mediterranean, and she's written a new book that's out now entitled Be Calm or Be the Storm. God, I love that title. Please welcome to the group text, oh my God, I can't believe I get to say this, Captain Sandy! Oh, thanks for having me, Melissa. Honestly, I feel honored, actually, because... You are Melissa Rivers. Oh, please. And you're Captain Sandy. Okay, we're just going to say right now, I am such a fan of the entire franchise, and I've gotten my boyfriend completely hooked on it, and I guess I fell asleep while we, because I had to start him at at season one, episode one, and I fell asleep, and I woke up, and I'm like, what's happening? And he's like, well... Adam is in a fight with so-and-so. Like, he knew all the names. And I'm like, uh, oh, that was so cool. So The Onions? Or, uh, that's oh, like the, early season. Oh, yeah. The Onions is a classic. Yeah. It, that's a classic, classic moment. Um, what made you agree to do the show? Honestly, I wasn't going to. Uh, I didn't cast for the show. They reached out to me. The showrunner did. Nadine. Uh, Rajabi. I love and, Nadine. I've had her on the show. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, w- she's my squirrel sister. <laughs> so we have a squirrel cut when we film. So we meet in the squirrel cut where we discuss <laughs> all things boating. And I thought it would be bad for my career because my industry really didn't like the TV show. But over the years, uh, once I said yes, I called the head of uh AIM Media and said, you need to change the narrative. I'm now on the show and I have first, you know, I'm first responder, so to speak. And it's actually reality. And I liked it because it shows what captains go through to owners. The show's on steroids because they don't, we don't go out, they don't go out to dinner every two, after every third charter. Uh, So that makes them even more tired. They spiral more. And when we're back-to-back charter, it's from the TV show to the charter world. It's it's more exhausting, but it's more it's a calmer environment because you don't have the cameras, you don't have thirty people on board. It's it's very different. But when I said yes, I was I was going to be the captain because that's what I'm used to being. I my first season was a little tricky because I wasn't used to. Uh, I'm a charter captain, so right. you're all hands on deck including the captain, because you want to please your client because they're, they're, they're brokers calling them within 24 hours asking, how's the captain? How's the crew? You want to be rebooked with these clients in the real charter world. Right. You're, so, you're, you're, you're making sure you have repeat customers. 
That's right. When I got on the TV show, they're not really repeat customers. It's, uh, you know, they're casted and it's very different world. But I love doing the show because it reaches millions of people and it shows them there's careers in the maritime industry. And that's why I founded Captain Sandy's Charities to help fund an in-school program. And in fact, we're doing a big fundraiser in Palm Beach uh, to help raise the money to get this in public schools across the country. So, you know, and, and, and you talk about being a captain. It's a very male-dominated business. Yes. And like we've said about other powerful women like my mom and Barbara Walters, they had to build the door to kick down. You were lucky enough to just have to kick down the door. I mean, and you, do you still find that people get on and are like strangely like almost taken back that a woman is in charge? And do they have trouble respecting that? It's less now. Uh, in the year 2000, uh, Powerboat and Motor Yacht did an article because I drove uh, a 92-foot Hatteras onto a ship that transports yachts. And they did an article breaking the glass uh, pilot house ceiling because they called them wheelhouse ceiling. So meaning I broke that glass, you know, from main deck to bridge deck ceiling. And it was a great article. And I think since that year, more women, um, there are a lot of women captains in the shipping world, just not the yacht world. So it's interesting how it is the TV shows really opening the eyes of people who see there's an opportunity in the maritime industry. And I think, in fact, I met someone yesterday. She's in her 30s, early 30s, wants to be a captain. I'm actually at my boss's house, my first boss in yachting, uh, our second boss in yachting, who taught me how to handle a boat. And he's going to hire her. And she, I met her for breakfast. And I'm like, hey, I might have a job for you to give her the opportunity to take the boat off the dock. And that's how we get more women on deck. And yes, it is still a struggle. However, I think if you know your job and the people in the industry see that, they're more willing. Let's take Malia, for example. She's working her way up, right? So Malia just wanted to be a dive instructor. And then we had a conversation. The next day, she looked up her courses and she has not stopped. Her her main objective is to become a captain. And she will. She will. Yeah, she's a she's a tough cookie. Yeah. Um your your new book um and obviously your past experiences were inspiration to the, uh write the book but what's fascinating is it's part memoir and part business journal almost a, a, almost a textbook on management what made you first of all how hard was it to combine those two stories and not do two individual books because your your story is a it could be a movie number 1 and how did it, how did you put both together? Because it's truly also a book on management. Yeah. So um, that was intentional uh, because most human beings. Uh, so let's just discuss this in the corporate world. They have what they call DEI, right? Diversity, equality, inclusion, right? So they right. started that a few years back in the maritime industry. We have a class that's been going for years called helm human elements, same thing. So you need to have the backstory of the people that you're employing, a little bit of the history. So you know how to work with their personalities. It isn't like you conform to my way. 
you have to respect the hierarchy and the rules of the boat or corporation. But the reality is if you want to motivate people, you have to know how to deal with all types of personalities and to say, hey, this person may be struggling. Let me invest in them. Maybe I can change their trajectory in life and and make a difference. And I think the corporate world is now coming to that place with their DEI. And it's uh, pretty cool. So I wanted to include that. I was a mess. I got clean. I was able to turn my life around and someone invested in me. And I, and when you have that, you have loyalty for life. When you're able to invest in someone like that and knowing they're a little bit of their history, they will follow you in the darkest corners, just like Colin Powell says, around the deepest, you know, you dodge bullets for you. Like they'll do whatever it takes to follow you, even out, out of curiosity. And that's what Colin Powell says. And I, that's how I want to lead. That's why I wrote that in the book. And I wanted people to see that you can be a mess, but you can also straighten your life out. I wanted the CEOs to see that you just don't give up on someone. You invest in them. And your ROI is tenfold or a hundredfold. Also, I find, and this is an area aspect of life, if you're open about your experiences, you connect on a different level with people. And you definitely have a level of intimacy with those around you. You you tend to be able to cut to the chase by almost exposing yourself. And so, intimacy means into me, you see, right? So intimacy, into me, you see. And that's what you have to do is see, see and listen. And, and when you take the time to do that, it's not always about, you know, balance sheets, budgets. It's about the human element. And people have to remember that. So many corporations are, they are on board now because they see after COVID, how do you get your people back? You have to like invest in them on an emo. I don't want to say an emotional, I guess an emotional level because it isn't like you got to tell all, but you have to be able to listen and see. Uh, body language is a language. Watch their body language. And that's what I do on board. The show's on a different level. Like, I don't know these people. I, I show up and say hello and hopefully they're there for the right reasons, which is the maritime industry. And, and then I navigate those personalities. Uh, but yeah, those are all great questions. And I, I won't stop the rest of my life. If I can help another individual advance in life and in business, that's what I'll do. Of course, I want to make money, but at the same time, I want to make money with a purpose. God, that's so noble. Unlike my family who will sell our souls down the river for a dollar. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Um, you, and this I found, I find fascinating about you. The newest part of your career is super yachts. You, one of my favorite lines you ever had was, wait, I want to make sure I get this right. I was in the Suez Canal when you were in the birth canal. <laughs> like, how did you, I mean, wasn't it a less uh, of an adrenaline rush from running from pirates to 
making sure that Mrs. Blank from Beverly Hills has a cocktail. Yeah, well, I was on a super yacht in the Red Sea, and it was the threat of pirates. I ran from pirates delivering a boat uh, through Windward Passage between Cuba and Haiti, uh, going to the charter Antigua Charter Show. That's that's a true story. Uh, the Red Sea, I didn't actually run from pirates. We had the threat of pirates. So the reality was, is the Navy going to get here first or the pirates? So there was always that fear. Uh, but yes, I was delivering uh, a billionaire Arab man. I worked for him for six years, his boat for Ramadan. It was so exciting. We were so excited to navigate those waters. And then, the, you know, <laughs> the boat caught on fire, unfortunately. And <laughs> You know, having 13 crew on board, you're just like, I got to keep them safe. And I had a security guy and he kept saying, the pirates heard your call. They're on their way now. And I'm like, stop talking to me because all you're doing, I said, when they're off the bow of the boat, tell me the pirates are here. But until then, don't tell me and build fear around this whole experience. I got to keep my crew calm. So I need to stay calm. And he wasn't helping the matter. Um once we got towed into Hadida, when the ship rescued us, I called the coalition warship 6-8. Once they rescued us, he said, hey, where do you want me to tow you? And I'm like, Florida. <laughs> they couldn't. They towed me to Hadida. Take me home. And that's always, yeah. a, you know, no good phone call starts with, let me just start with everyone's okay. Yeah. No good phone call <laughs> starts that way. No. Um. You know, so much of our impression of a captain is shaped by movies and TV and old men who are weathered and brave. And you, and this is a compliment, look more like a Palm Beach golf pro. Um, was it hard to be seen by owners as a capable captain? And, I mean, the fact that you, chart, you were working for a, a, a Saudi is amazing because of how they look at women. Yeah, he was from Dubai, wasn't Saudi, but um, there are a lot of Saudis that own boats and they, you know, it's not what we, I think press does a lot of damage. Um, I actually spent time in Dubai. Wonderful. I was totally respected as a woman. I didn't have to conform. I was who I was in that country, uh, which was really wonderful. But the owners, you know, Melissa, honestly, I beat to my own drum. I don't really live my life for other people. So I live my life with purpose and to do the next right thing. And so my intention is never to harm another individual verbally or physically. And I, you know, that's never what I wake up and wish for. I wake up and think, how can I be a better human being? How can I give back every day of my life? That's what keeps my soul happy. Like I'm in, I have a soul that's happy. I don't have this. I don't struggle with depression. I, I don't understand it. I, I try to understand it. A lot of people in my life have suffered from depression and all these other things. So I have this happy soul. And when you walk through life like that, you, you're not living life for what other people think or their opinions of you. And I, I have to, owe, I owe that to sobriety because before I got sober, that's all I did. You know, since I've been sober 33 years, I, I've learned just do the right thing, Sandy. And it doesn't matter what the rest what the rest of the world thinks of you. As long as you know you've done everything possible to do the next right thing. And that's really how I move through life. I'm sitting on the patio, the first owner who taught me how to drive a boat. And I don't, you know, he has two boats now and a captain. And 
you know, I'm just watching these young captains come up under the same person who taught me. And, and I think just stay teachable, remain teachable. And that's what I, I try to do in life and emulate that. So people be the example. I, I do a lot of public speaking and I, I'm doing one in, um, at a university in March, and I'm going to talk about progress, not perfection. Because all we want to do is progress, right? It's, I will never be perfect. And so many people strive to be perfect. So we want progress. Because if we're perfect, then we're God, right? Right. We just want to progress every day to be better. You're very open about your sobriety. And you really had quite the past. Well, <laughs> quite the past. You yeah, Take me away. Exactly. Yeah. You spent a little time in prison. You were No, never in prison. Jail? Never over overnight once. Okay, that Always still got counts. Bailed out. But that's oh well, that's even better. <laughs> yeah. Woo, I got bailed I, I out. I had an enabling family. Uh um, what was your rock bottom? Actually, it wasn't what people think. I actually had a job. I had a place to live. And I remember I woke up in this apartment thinking I got kicked out of the, I was in a three quarter way house in Fort Lauderdale called Stepping Stone. The director said I wasn't worth the paperwork because I kept relapsing. And I went back and I begged her to let me back in. And these were her words. If you come back in, you give me your whole paycheck. You get $20 a week to live on. And I was like, I did that. So I got 20 and at the time I smoked cigarettes and cigarettes were like five bucks a pack and, you know, and trying to eat out or whatever. It's like I had $20 a week to live on for six months. And I lived in that halfway house and that, that my bottom was not the usual bottom, jobless, homeless, you know, nobody wanted me around them because I was like the path of destruction and that one time I woke up and it, they talk about it. It's a psychic change that has to happen. Every time I, I, I wanted to stay sober, I wanted out of trouble. I started feeling good and I started using again, partying, drinking, smoking, whatever I could get my hands on. That one day, something shifted in me. And that's when I, it was August 29th, 1989. Isn't that, I always find that, and I have so many friends who are in different programs. And it's always fascinating to me that they actually remember the date. And it's such a, it's very profound. Um, okay. I'm going to have to ask just basic below yeah, deck sure. questions yeah. because, you know, um, yeah. um, um, the, the book is fascinating. Everyone should read it. Thank now, let's you. talk about Thank you. what matters to me, the shallow shit. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You got to have that. Oh, please. Gotta, that's the balance in life, right? My life might be a little uh, balanced the wrong way towards shallow, but that's a totally separate conversation. Um, what was your first charter yacht, uh, first charter experience on a super yacht? As a captain. In the, Med in the Mediterranean in Spain. I'll never forget it. I worked for the Arab businessman. He bought this guy's boat. I'm at his house. And I never did bed mooring before. I ran over the freaking mooring lines. I cut them because we had spurs on them. It was a disaster. And I had to learn how to do that. So I had to pay 50 euro. It was 50 pesetas at the time because it wasn't the euro yet. And it was in Ibiza. 
Well, that's a certain way to make an entrance. Um, you are very often, you know, a leader and a parent. Do you ever feel like you're dealing with a crew of hormonal millennials? All the time. Are you kidding me? Actually, there's a good balance. And um, there are people who really have a good work ethic. And I think that's taught in you know life. It's so interesting because the people that are in my life that have kids, I'm like, they never do anything. So at least take the garbage out. And they said they, didn't want, they don't want to raise their kids like they were raised. <laughs> okay, maybe not smack them around or throw them in the pool and go sink or swim or drown, you know. Uh, but there are ways where you go, hey, earn this, take the garbage out. This is expected from you. And I, I think good parenting goes a long way. And a lot of people just don't want to have that battle. I, I grew up in a house where we had chores, right? And we right. earned money. So we got paid for the work we did, which was at our house, which was pretty cool. So have you ever had, okay, and, and taking technical issues and bad weather and all that stuff off the table, have you ever had a charter where you just want to throw your hands up and say, I'm out? Yeah, I had a million euro charter uh, with a Russian client. And uh, they, the second day, they were so rude to the crew. I'm like, I can't do this. Like, I'm not going to have them tear their souls apart. And I actually called the owner and he goes, just talk, talk to the primary. So I pulled the primary aside and said, Hey, actually that stewardess is a, an attorney who decided to get in the yacht world. <laughs> like they're all college graduates. They're not idiots, you know, right. and they actually want to be here and they want to show you a good time. And, um, just when I was ready to give up, they turned it, turned it around. And it was, they tipped us a hundred thousand euros at the end of the charter. Well, that doesn't suck. What's the most no. bizarre request you've ever gotten? Truffles, fresh truffles from Paris. You know, and this, I honestly, in the charter world, most people are business people. Right. They understand. But this guy wanted fresh truffles from Paris. So flying those in. But I have a friend who um, worked on a boat and he had to fly pillows from uh, like, the Maldives to Austria, have them restuffed, and then the pillows were flown back to the boat. Okay, people are fucking insane. Pillows. It, pillows. It, yeah. Um, when you notice these d relationship dramas happening, do you ever just like hit yourself in the head and go, here we go again? And don't you want to often turn to the crew and say, have you ever watched the show? Because let me explain it to you. This is not going to end well for you. You know, I don't, they're so good at keeping it from me. I don't see, like Ross, I had no idea. Like I'm blown away with Ross's behavior because Ross in front of me on deck, I'm like, you used to be a captain, Ross. Like, why did you come back to being a bosun? You know what I mean? Like you ran boats. Like Ross has a, he is excellent. He's great with crew. And then when I watched the show, I was like, oh, that's why he's not a captain. He's a. He's a player. I've always been told, don't hate the player, hate the game. But at this point, <laughs> I think Ross hate, is really taking the game the to the next level. Um, you know, the hospital, uh, okay, no, no. I've got so many questions. Okay. If you could vacation anywhere not near the water, where would it be? Aspen. 
Well, does snow count as water? Nah, no, I'll give you that. Um, okay. I, you brought up Ross. Are you ever shocked? I mean, obviously you are when you see the footage and just go, how did I, how did I not hear this? Ha-? First of all, do you, how do you, do you sleep with earplugs? Well, it, they're smart. It doesn't happen around my cabin. Right. They're, you know, they're, hey, listen, I'm they're their slick. Boss. They're like, slick like teenagers. Absolutely. Like I'm, I'm their parent and they're hiding from it. You know what I mean? So it's funny. And then when I watch the show, I'm like, holy, that explains their attitude. Sometimes in the real charter world, like I had someone, the stewardess hooked up with my first officer and she brought him a coffee on the bridge. She was just hanging out. I go, really? <laughs> Where's mine? You know, it was funny. It's like, okay. You know, had the knee burns on the knees. I go, Rennie, I don't want to edit that. No, uh, it's go all put good. Pants on. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Go put get, pants on. Yeah. Hide go. your knees because everybody knows what those spots are from. Exactly. You, you, be discreet. When a guest tips too low or nothing at all, and this counts for regular charters too, because I don't think people realize normal charters are like seven days. It's a different pace. Two weeks. Yeah. Right. Everybody's not running, like trying to get everything jammed in. What happens when someone tips too low or doesn't tip at all? Do you call the owner or the broker and say, no. No, because a gratuity is based on your performance, isn't it? But what if and your performance is good? So I always say to the crew, don't base your uh, don't base your performance on what the guests tip or what they say to you. Base it on my opinion of you, because I'm the one that has the bar, right? So some guests you just can't please, no matter what. And I've had I had a charter. It was a two week charter. He tipped seven hundred and fifty euros. On purpose. And my crew, I just said, listen. Why? Yeah, because he he wasn't a nice guy, you know, and that's okay. And I said to them, pretend it's an owner charter and we got 750 euros because owners don't tip, right? It's their boat. And private yachts don't tip. It's the same salary as working on a private yacht. The difference is on a a charter boat, you're back to back. That's what the crew sign up for. They want to count their cash at the end of the day. But I always say, count your cash at the end of the year or the end of the season. That's what matters because right. it'll balance out. Someone will come in with a massive tip that well, it's a wash. How do you think your management style has changed over the years? Patience. I'm more patient and calm. I listen more and I try to come put myself in their shoes. That's when I let someone go other than Alyssa. I'm not that I'm caring because I know that they already feel bad and I don't want to make them feel worse. So yeah, I listen more. I'm calmer. I pause before I say anything. Sometimes I sleep on it and decide and yeah. Cause it, 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 and I'm just thinking about so many episodes where you're very calm. You're very forgiving. You then start to move into making suggestions and then you go to warning. And then when you drop the hammer, you're not joking around. My family, <laughs> they can tell from my tone. It's so funny. Cause they'll text me. They'll go, Oh, here it comes. Um, yeah. What? Yes. Because I'm a human being and they're not paying attention. It's like, this is real job. I'm your real captain. You forget the cameras because I can fire you. 
that's the reality. And I think a lot of the cast members think they can't be fired. They have to be fired by production, but that's not the case. I don't hire them, but I can fire them. Do you ever look at the production and go, really? Really? (laughs) (laughs) I know what you're trying to get out of this person after this many seasons, but really, you're going to put me? I thought you were my friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I send emails. I'm sure you do. We have a saying in this house, which you are welcome to use, and I'll be looking for it. Are you stuck in stupid? <laughs> oh, I, I would love to use that. Feel free. But I don't, I don't think I, uh, I don't think, I think that would be cut. Yeah. Are you stuck in stupid? Okay. We like to play a lightning round. So okay. we've created one for you called Who's Your Captain? <laughs> so <gasps> which captain would you trust more in command? Okay. Captain Kirk or Captain America? Captain Kirk. Captain Nemo or Captain Ahab? Captain Nemo. Captain Phillips or Captain Steubing? Captain Steubing. I want to have fun. (laughs) Captain Hook or Captain Jack Sparrow? Captain Jack Sparrow. Captain Morgan or Captain Crunch? Captain Crunch. Captain my, oh, Captain my Captain or I'm the Captain now? You know, I really captain old captain because I actually would love to be driven around by a captain. <laughs> captain or Tennille? Tennille. So before I let you go, I want to, again, uh, talk about the book, which is brilliant and needs to be written. And it's it's memoir, it's textbook, but it's, it's great fun. Um, obviously, you're coming up on another season of below deck Mediterranean. What if somebody wants to just have a normal charter? Can they request a Captain Sandy charter? Here's how that works. The boat has to approve, the insurance company has to approve me and the owner of the boat has to say yes, right? But I can come on as their guest and have another captain, but it's a big deal to say, I want to charter that boat with Captain Sandy. If it's their boat, absolutely. I see you know, a, like, a whole cottage industry. Yeah. And yeah. In, in total uh, transparency, you and I are on the same podcast platform. Yes. Heard at. Soon. Not, soon. I haven't done it yet, but soon. Well, I'm excited to hear it. Captain Sandy, I just this is such a thrill for me. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you for having me. A Huda Media Production.